Dub Nation, what's up? We're back. This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Sam Orlick, your host here. How's it going, guys? I know it's been a while since we've put out a pod, but I wanted to jump on and give some updates on some recent developments for the Warriors. We've got some official deals that have been inked. Um, Though they were previously reported to be expected, they had yet to be confirmed. So we've got Jamichael Green officially signing for a one-year deal, expected to be a vet minimum, but details have not been fully released. We got Ryan Rawlings, who was drafted with the 41st pick. He signed a three-year deal with part of the MLE that the Warriors also used with Dante DiVincenzo. We've yet to see Ryan Rawlings play uh, due to an injury experienced um, after being drafted, but although the team has not released any any official statements regarding his availability, the expectation is that he will be ready to go come training camp. Also, in other news, we've got Mac McClung, as well as Pat Spencer and Travion Williams, who have all three agreed to fill out the Warriors training camp team. Matt McClung played in Summer League in the California Classic. He Warriors snagged him from the Lakers. Um, this kid plays with a lot of athleticism and intensity. Ball handler is able to get his own shot. Um, high flyer, a lot of highlight plays, really fun to watch, really entertaining. So... That's going to be really interesting to see. Pat Spencer and Trevion Williams, I have not yet seen these guys play much. Um, Interesting story on Pat Spencer. I guess he had this incredible lacrosse, collegiate lacrosse career, and now he's potentially looking to make the switch to the NBA. And then forward, Trevion Williams was undrafted in the 2022 NBA draft. Warriors currently sitting on a roster of... Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, James Wiseman, Kavon Looney, Jonathan Kaminga, Dante DiVincenzo, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jamichael Green, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and Ryan Rawlings. 13 guaranteed contracts. And then you've got Lester Quinones, who's on a two-way, and Quindary Weatherspoon, who's also on a two-way. And then we just mentioned the three uh, the three training camp deals. Mac McClung is on Exhibit 9. Trevion Williams and Pat Spencer are on Exhibit 10s. Still waiting to find out what Andre Iguodala will decide to do. The Warriors have been very open and supportive of his decision either way, whether it's to return or not. And it's expected that they'll leave the 15th roster spot open, just as they did last year, save some money, um, make a decision later down the road, depending on how the season goes so on and so forth. So it's really at this point, the name's just listed, maybe Iguodala. If Iguodala doesn't sign, it does open the opportunity for Weatherspoon or McClung um, or possibly another veteran to take that 14th spot, which then would open up another spot on the two-way. So Warriors, very interesting roster construction as it stands now. I think there's a lot of differences in this team this year versus the team last year. Obviously, the core, you've got all the cores, 
the core guys, obviously Gary Payton II, huge loss across all of Dub Nation and everybody that I talk to. Um, he's just this consensus beloved energy monster that um, is going to be sorely missed. You know, again, we've talked about this in the past. Warriors just simply could not afford to match the three-year deal that Portland was offering him. Um, gave him a reasonable two-year deal at slightly less money, but good for GP2 to get the big payday for a guy who had spent so many years trying to find a home in the NBA and finally get paid. And for a guy that's at age 31, this was really his last opportunity to get paid. So I don't have any hard feelings about that. Um, Kavon Looney has always been my main target of a must bring back. Looney um, signed the three-year $25.5 million deal, significantly less than the market rate for for big men that we saw in this offseason um, comparison to Zubats with the Los Angeles Clippers signed like a three-year $33 million deal. So um, almost half that. So we got a lot of young guys. We got a lot of guys that we drafted that we didn't even get to see play during the California Classic or Summer League, like Patrick Baldwin Jr. or Ryan Rawlings. And then you've got the return of James Wiseman, who, you know, looked pretty good in Summer League, considering how long it's been since he's played and how little NBA experience he has. Um, obviously for him, James Wiseman in particular, there is... A huge amount of pressure here, as well as opportunity for him to really cement himself as a number two pick and meeting expectations as unrealistic as they are to come in and have a role with this team. There's obviously opportunity when you look at this roster. Wiseman and Kaminga are really the only above the rim type players. Um, you know, maybe you throw in Andrew Wiggins as well. So, for Wiseman, huge opportunity here. You know, there's only two centers on this roster. Jermichael Green can play a little bit of the five, but um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be Wiseman and Looney, I think, mostly holding it down at the five spot. And then for Kaminga and Moses Moody, you know, each of them had their ups and downs throughout the season. I think, you know, first half of this of last season, it was Moses Moody not getting a lot of opportunity. Kaminga really kind of showing and, and showcasing his ability to get to the rim, this explosive finisher, all of that strength, occasionally being able to hit a shot. And then as we went into the second half of the season with injuries and rotations and trying to win games, and obviously the Warriors winning the NBA championship, Kaminga did not see a lot of opportunity, especially in the playoffs. He struggled at times when teams really focused on taking away the things that he's good at. Whereas Moses Moody found himself with a little bit more opportunity because he has shown more consistency on the defensive side of the floor, being able to spot up for the three. So, and then coming into summer league, I think Moses Moody really, really took off um, multiple games scoring, you know, 20 plus, into the 30s. He eventually got dinged up and so was held out of the last few games. Kaminga had disappointing games in the California Classic, but Summer League came alive, was scoring 20 plus points, but high volume, low efficiency type shooting, um, volume free throw 
shooter as well. I think one game he got to the line 16 times, but only hit like six of them. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know what we can truly expect from these guys going into year two. I know that there's certainly going to be key contributors in this second unit, potentially with injuries and resting of the core guys. Maybe they get opportunities into the starting lineup. Um, we did see a lot of Jonathan Kaminga being a ball handler in summer league. A lot of action was run trying to get Kaminga or Kaminga trying to get James Wiseman the ball. So that's kind of interesting. Um, big to big passing uh, for a guy with uh, like Jonathan Kaminga with all that size to be able to throw entry passes, almost kind of like LeBron, right? LeBron feeding Anthony Davis. You've got two big bodies. It's really easy to get those passes in. So it's going to be really interesting. And then where do Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rawlings fit into all of this as rookies? You know, Patrick Baldwin Jr. coming off that really disappointing year in college where he never really recovered from the ankle injury. Um, but a guy that projects a lot of similarities is Kavon Looney, this late round steal, late first round draft steal um, for a guy that at one point was projected to go, you know, somewhere in the first round lottery range. And then Ryan Rawlings, um, I haven't really seen him play. We obviously haven't seen him play as a warrior yet, but projects to be this uh, very capable backup ball handler. And then Weatherspoon, who played particularly well on a two-way deal with the Warriors last year. Um, does he get consistent opportunity as kind of like in a JTA role? Um, just a guy who brings a lot of energy and intensity on the defensive end, but also able to step out and hit a three, bang and rebound. Um, Lester Quinones is supposed to be one of the better shooters coming out of the draft. Where does he fit into all of that? So there's a lot of moving parts here. It's going to be really interesting to see what the coaching staff decides to do with all of this. Um, there's obviously a ton of youth here coupled with some veterans and then plus the foundational core. So it's a really interesting roster. It's a really interesting team. Um, I think that the Warriors still find themselves uh, as favorites. Obviously, if you've got a healthy Steph Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond and Looney, you're going to go places. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how the second unit operates um, throughout the season because that was one of the Warriors' strengths. Um, I can't remember how many games we had where the first unit comes out soft, um, not hitting shots, turning the ball over, making mistakes, and it would be Otto Porter Jr. coming off the bench making big plays. It would be Nemanja Bielica, um doing the same. So, and then of course Gary Payton the junior, uh, Gary Payton, Gary Payton the second, obviously doing the same as well. So, you replace those guys with Divincenzo and Jamichael Green. You expect Jordan Poole, who really took a step forward and, in my mind, I think was kind of a no-brainer, most improved or sixth man of the year candidate. Also looking to take a step forward. So. They definitely have options. They definitely have pieces. It's hard to say that they're necessarily comparable or compare them, um, you know, and see how, how it all fits and comes together. But it's going to be an interesting team. It's going to be a lot of fun. I definitely think there's a little bit more offensive firepower with this group, especially if Moody and Kaminga can really take those steps forward. So 
a lot of really interesting stuff to unpack here. I'm definitely not trying to give a full analysis breakdown right now, but more just wanted to touch on the new roster signings, which again, Jermichael Green confirmed, Ryan Rawlings confirmed, and then the three training camp deals, Mac McClung, Travion Williams, and Pat Spencer, of which Mac McClung probably makes the most sense to stick around, um, assuming that Iguodala does not resign and they do something with Weatherspoon or McClung either moving into the two-way or moving into the guaranteed 14th roster spot. In other news, we've got some other interesting Warriors news here. Obviously, there's been a lot of conjecture on um, salary cap extensions, um, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. There's been no official news on that front. And then Draymond Green coming out in his podcast saying that he wants the max extension. So um, I think I'm going to table that for another time to really dig into all of that. But I did just want to mention that in news that's going on in Warriors land that um, guys want to get paid, Draymond Green especially, and then Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. What happens there? Um, in my mind, you got to keep all three of those guys. No brainer. But I don't know what Lacob and Bob Myers have up their sleeve. I don't know what they're willing to spend or not spend. Um, talked about this on the last pod, uh, last few pods, that there's been a little bit of um, smoke, and, smoke and daggers, or not even smoke and daggers. There's just been a lot of smoke in general with the Warriors and their PR and what they say when it comes to Bob Myers kind of being the good cop and then Joe Lake of kind of being the bad cop. So Myers make it sound, makes it sound like everything is possible and we want to do the right thing and we want to keep this team together. And then when push comes to shove, it seems like Lake takes a slightly more conservative approach, not quite willing to spend as much, uh, makes excuses for, you know, the league says that I can't do this or it's not fair. Um, but you factor that in with the new collective bargaining agreement that's ongoing right now. And it's really hard to project what may or may not happen in the future. So we'll, we will continue to actively track those dialogues, that news, because um, obviously this is going to play a really big role into Warriors' future. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, two very important young pieces to this group. Uh, and then obviously Draymond Green. I think if you take out Draymond Green, this team does not make it to the finals. Um, I don't care who else you have around them. Draymond Green is the heart and soul of this team. He is the best defender on this team. He is the one that comes up in the clutch, in big moments, on both sides of the floor. He enables Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to do everything that they do. And uh, uh, I think Draymond Green's rise to... Um, Draymond Green's rise to relevancy really coincides with the Warriors' rise to being a dynasty um it in my mind it was the summer that david lee got hurt during during the preseason and allowed draymond green to slot into the first unit and play so well that then pushed draymond green into the starting five that then really that's when all the dominoes fell because that enables warrior small ball that enables the death lineup you put the ball in the hands of draymond green and you take steph curry and clay thompson off the ball I mean, you see what all these other teams are trying to do around the league. They're trying to get multiple ball handlers. You don't want your best player with the ball in his hands. It allows for double teams. It, it tires out your stars. And so when you can have 
a tall wing or tall guard like a Sean Livingston, like a Draymond Green, like a LeBron James. You put the ball in their hands, and then you have your other guys who you want to be the finisher or scorer off the ball. It makes it so much harder to defend. So, a lot of that. Also, we've got the preseason schedule has been released. Four games so far. Uh, September 30th and October 2nd, the Warriors and the Washington Wizards are actually going to play in Tokyo, Japan, two games. Uh, this is the NBA Japan Games 2022 presented by Rakuten. So this is pretty cool. The NBA has been doing this pretty consistently, trying to expand global marketplace, playing games around the world um, during the regular season and during the off season. Um, so that'll be really fun. And then October 9th, Warriors versus Lakers at Chase. October 11th, Warriors versus Portland at Chase. Preseason schedule, that's all we've got so far on that front. Um, allegedly, the full schedule is supposed to be released in the next week or so, so we'll be taking a look at that for some marquee games and matchups once that has been released. Uh, finally, last news that I wanted to talk about, Steph Curry and Snoop Dogg have been getting together. Um, first, it was Snoop Dogg presenting his iconic death row records chain to Steph Curry. Basically, the backstory around this is over the last few years, Snoop Dogg makes it a point of himself awarding this death row chain for his death row records that he recently bought to athletes and individuals who he deems worthy. Uh, Eli, Eli Maton got one a few years ago. Um and uh, TikTok star KB Lane as well. So Steph Curry joins this elite company of receiving this accolade from Snoop Dogg. Follow that up, and Steph Curry and Snoop Dogg unveil a renovated basketball court in Long Beach, the Martin Luther King Jr. Park um, Boys and Girls Club. They renovated this basketball court. It's got this really epic Martin Luther King um, Jr. art inside. And, um, you know, just speaks to these guys and, and mostly Steph Curry, always looking to do good in the world, always looking to help improve the community, um, help improve the lives of boys and girls around the world, using basketball and sports to bring communities together. It's just really nice to see them continue to do that. And also, you know, Steph is doing this in Long Beach, which is still California. Uh, but it's not its not even Oakland or San Francisco. You know, he's willing to go out and do these activities and engage with the community in the greater sense of the community. It's not even just outside his front door or in his neighborhood. It's really wherever he is able to make an impact, he's willing to do so. So that's really nice to see. Love to see Steph continue to make an impact around the world and in the community, um, being a role model for folks in a time where, you know, there's a lot of noise going on in this world. So that's all I got for you guys today. Um, quickly, before we sign off, I want to remind you all, for those who haven't already, whatever you're doing for your fantasy leagues, you got to get a part of the Sports Ethos premium membership team. We've got incredible content coming out, draft, free agency. Um, you got to do all that prep, and Sports Ethos has everything you need. So head to sportsethos.com and go to the premium membership tab and sign up. It's $6 a month. 
Just make one more lunch for yourself at home and you're going to have access to all of this incredible content and coverage. Highly recommend for any fantasy players out there. It's a must-have, especially fantasy basketball. So, without any further ado, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't already, give me a follow over at Twitter. That's SD Orlick. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And we'll catch you in the next one.